For the second time, in just a short matter of time, our verses bring us to the issue of truth. I can't say it strongly enough. Really, everything comes down to this one issue. Really, this is the issue today. What is the truth? The issue is truth. It is no coincidence that John writes this entire gospel to make sure that we have the truth, that we know the truth, that we as believers, that we are proficient in the truth. Remember, in his day, the truth of Jesus and the truth of the gospel of Jesus are under attack. And so as an older man, burdened by these attacks and led by God to defend against these attacks, he writes this gospel. And that's really the, the reason we have our gospel today. Friend, I want you to be certain the attack against the truth, the truth of Jesus and the truth of the gospel is just as aggressive, if not more so, in our day. And so one more time at least, we have the call to be grounded in, to be certain of, and to uphold the truth of Jesus. This morning, our message is entitled, The Truth is King. The Truth is King. We're in John chapter 18, verses 33 through the first half of verse 38. John chapter 18, tonight, today, verses 33 through verses 38, the very first half. The truth is king. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Beginning in verse 33, God's word says this, Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative? Or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Holy Father, we come today. We're thankful for this day. We're thankful for a good day. We're thankful for a day that we can assemble as believers. We're thankful for the opportunity to come and to worship you to lift up your praises. We're thankful for a day to come and to study your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would see it for the privilege that it is, for, for, the, for the really um, the amazing miracle that it is, Lord, that you're gonna speak to us through your word. I pray, Lord, that we would hear your voice today. I pray that we would be impacted greatly in the hearing of your voice. I pray that the church would be built and stirred and equipped in your word today, I pray that a person that does not know you in this room, perhaps somewhere else listening, that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, we come and we just again praise you, we worship you, we exalt you, we, we thank you this day. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. Here's the thing today. The truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. You can ignore the truth. You can deny the truth. You can reject the truth, but it doesn't make it any less the truth. The truth is the truth. You can question the truth. You can attempt to change the truth. You can hate and you can mock the truth, but guess what? It doesn't change anything. The truth is still the truth. And so what we must do is know the truth. We must know the truth. The Bible says that the truth is what will set us free. The Bible says the truth, embracing the truth, is how we're saved. The Bible says Jesus is the truth. He actually says that. The Bible says God's word is truth. And so listen to me, our call as disciples today, our call as believers today is to know the truth. Now here's the other deal. We are failing when it comes to knowing the truth. You see today we know about it. We know pieces of it. We say that we love it. But honestly, I will tell you, I believe the generations of those that are living on the earth right now, we do not truly know the truth. Not really. Well, I want to tell you, here's the good news. God wants us to. Here's the good news. God empowers us to. Here's the good news. He makes a way for us to know the truth. And so I want to tell you, my prayer this morning is that we would leave with a deeper knowledge of the truth. That is available to us right now, that we would walk out of this service with a deeper knowledge, a better understanding of the truth. My prayer is that some would leave this service knowing the truth for the very first time. And that is my prayer. Today, again, we are moving through really the rapid fire trials of Jesus. He was arrested and in the course of one night, very quickly, he will stand through six trials or six examinations, if you can imagine that. Today, we are again examining the record, the written record of these examinations. And again today, we come to the issue of truth. Let's go to our verses. I, I'm going to start this morning and I'm going to read verses 28 through 32, verses that we looked at last night, and we're going to read them this morning to set our context. And so verses 28 through 32 says this. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium. It was early, and they themselves did not enter into the praetorium, so they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. To fulfill the word of Jesus, which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. All right, let's start with our verses this morning in verse 33. Therefore, Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus 
and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Now, remember, Pilate has asked them for their charges against Jesus. Now, remember, they want to kill him. They've wanted him dead. Uh, their, their excuse, their reason is for claiming to be God. Now, that is good for them, but the problem is that is not a Roman issue. That is not a Roman concern. It's not a Roman law. And so Pilate asks for the charges. They, in verse 30, say, well, he's an evildoer. That's the best they have. He is a criminal. They have no charges. He's a criminal, but they can't tell him the crime. They have no charges, none. Here they have worked all night to get him into court. And when they get there, they have no charges. Well, evidently, they start to say the charge is he claims to be king. They, they need a charge for the Roman court. And so evidently, as they, as they are asked for the charge, they start to say he claims to be king. He is an opponent to Caesar. In the Gospel of Luke, it says they even lie and they start to say, he tells us not to pay taxes. What charge do you have? He says he's king. He tells us not to pay taxes. Now, that is a total lie. Remember, he said, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And, and so they're saying why Rome should care is because he claims to be king. Now, how crazy is it? And I, I just thought about this. How crazy is it that these leaders are making up stories, making up facts, telling lies, seeking a murder, but they're trying to hurry to get to a religious celebration? I was going to say that sounds like going to church in Washington, D.C., but I'm not going to say that this morning. Evidently, they're saying the charge is he says he's the king. We need a charge. Well, he says he's the king. And so Pilate, in verse 33, then asks, are you the king of the Jews? In the original record, in the original reading, the original language, he actually asks, listen, this is what he says, you, are you the king of the Jews? That's actually what he says. You are you the king of the Jews? There's almost a laugh with it. You, are you the king of the Jews? You have no followers. You have no army. You have no robe. You have no crown. In fact, you're beaten all to pieces. You, are you the king of the Jews? You know what I've noticed about Jesus? You know what I've noticed about Jesus as I read the Bible? Here, here's what I've noticed. He doesn't look like a king until he looks like a king. You see, he looks like a baby born with no place to stay. He looks like a boy in a large crowd at the temple. He looks like a carpenter's son at work in his father's wood shop. He looks like an outcast with no place to lay his head. He looks like a criminal that's led around in chains, and he doesn't look like a king until he looks like a king. Oh, but listen to me, folks. When he walks out of the grave and he is risen as the victor, friends, he looks like a king. 
When he ascends to glory, riding on a cloud, listen to me, friends, he looks like a king. And when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and when an angel will make a shout, and he comes with the dead in Christ, listen to me, he's going to look like a king. So what I've noticed is he doesn't look like a king until he looks like a king. So I understand Pilate. Here he is. They drag him in here. He's all beaten up. Right now he doesn't look like a king. And so he says, you are a king. You're the king of the Jews. Verse 34. Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own initiative Or did others tell you about me? Verse 34, Jesus says, is this your question? Is this because you want to know? Or have others told you this? He's referring to the Jews that are outside. Is this what you want to know? I want you to see this. Jesus deals with Pilate not as an opponent, not as the representative of the opposition, but he deals with Pilate as a person. You see, listen to me. Pilate needed a savior. Pilate needed a true king. Pilate was just like the rest of the world. He was mistaken in his hope. Pilate was chasing, and man, he was he was chasing what would never pay. And for Pilate, it would never be enough. Tradition, historians tell us Pilate was later taken out of his position because of an uprising. And on his way to report to the emperor, he was either killed or he killed himself. Pilate was another in a long line of people trying to just figure it out. Pilate was wondering, where is my value? Where is is my hope? Where should I turn? What should I believe? What is the truth? Just like everybody else, looking for hope. And Jesus talks to him as a person. Verse 35. Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? Pilate says, I'm not a Jew. He he doesn't care about the Jews. I don't care about the king of the Jews. I don't care if you claim to be the king of the Jews. He's tired of all this. He says, if you are the king then why does your own nation hate you? If you are the king, why have your high priest brought you in here on chains? Pilate sees the irony in that. They should be for you. What have you done? How how could they bring you to this? What have you done? He can't figure it out. Pilate can't figure it out. Who can? He came into his own and his own received him not. He says, what have you done that they treat you like this? Verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Jesus explains, he starts off and he says, my kingdom. And so he has a kingdom, he is a king. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. We saw this a few days ago. It means it does not have a worldly orientation. 
It is not a worldly kingdom. He says, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting. And so listen, he has a kingdom, he is a king, and he does have servants. If it were of this world, they would be fighting. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. The word realm translates on this side. It's not on this side. Jesus says here, my kingdom, it is a spiritual kingdom. My kingdom, it is a heavenly kingdom. This world will pass away and all the kingdoms in it will go with it, but his kingdom, he says, is not of this world. I wonder what Pilate was thinking. Does that sound crazy? I I am a king, but it's not of, of a realm here. I am a king, but it's of a spiritual kingdom. Does that sound different when it's coming from the Messiah? Or does he think, well, this guy's crazy. I wonder what Pilate is thinking. Verse 37. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He says, so you are a king. He's just claimed his own kingdom. He's just complete claimed that he has his own servants. And so he says, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Now, I want you to see this. It's another piece that fits in. I want to stop right here. The, the question all the way through the gospel has been, Who is Jesus? And we better know who Jesus is. The truth is Jesus. Well, here's the question. Who is Jesus? Here's another piece. He is the word. He is the light of the world. He is the door to the sheep pen. He is the good shepherd. He is God. He is eternal and creator. He is the giver of life, both physical life and eternal life. And now we see in this exchange, and he is king. Now listen to me, to be king means he rules. He is one with authority. He is one with a power. He is one with majesty. To be king means that you reign, that you are sovereign, and everyone else is subject to you. Be sure today, who is Jesus? Jesus is king. He says here, you say correctly, I am king. Jesus goes on and continues to talk to Pilate. And he says after that, he says this, for this, this reason, for this I have been born. And for this, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Jesus says, everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. Now, we need to get this today. This is a big deal today. Jesus is the truth. Jesus comes into the world. That's what he says. The reason I came into the world, the reason I was born, is to reveal the truth. And so understand this morning, Jesus is the revelation of truth. He is not a fact. He is not a piece of information, but he is the truth in flesh. He is the truth that is able to be discerned. He's the truth that is able to be embraced, received, and believed. 
Jesus came to reveal the truth. That's what he says. He is the revelation of the truth. Now, what that means today is this. If you want to know the truth, you have to know Jesus. Well, that sounds superstitious. That sounds ignorant. That that sounds like it's not going to bear any fruit. Listen to me today. Today, in this day, if you want to know the truth, you have to know Jesus. The verse says, everyone of the truth hears my voice. Now, what that means is there is no truth apart from Jesus. And if you are of the truth, you are hearing Jesus, the truth of Jesus. Verse 38, first part of the verse. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now, we'll get there tomorrow, but from there he turns and goes back outside. He he says when he hears that, what is truth? You can almost hear the frustration as he says it. You can almost hear the skepticism. Can we know the truth? You can almost hear the hopelessness. I've looked for truth. What is truth? Maybe the most terrible thing is the truth was standing right before him. Maybe the most terrible thing is he was talking to the truth. What is truth? I want to tell you today, our culture is asking the same question. And we we have different forms, different ways of asking, but we're asking the same question. What is the truth? Where is the truth? Is it in a government? Is it in an economy? Is it in perfect health that we never get sick? What is the truth? Where's the truth? Surely there's truth out there. Maybe I'll make this amount of money. Maybe I'll get my relationships like this. Where's the truth out there? Surely we can find the truth. Today I'm going to end and I'm going to tell you the truth. And I I thought about this all yesterday afternoon. I thought about it half the night. It is my privilege and it is my honor and it is my duty today to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth revealed in Jesus today and I'm going to tell you the truth of Jesus. Now if you haven't been listening so far to this sermon, then I would listen to the last part of this sermon. Don't be like Pilate, so ready to put out the fires of the day that you actually miss the truth. What is the truth? There is a God. Not many gods, but one God. He is the one true God. He is the creator of all things. All things have their origin in him. Not the Big Bang, not an evolution. All things have their origin in God. He is all-powerful. He is infinitely wise. He is over all, and that is the truth. He is perfect. In fact, he is infinitely perfect. That's hard for us to understand. He is infinitely perfect. He is holy. He is not like us. He is righteous. He is perfect in thought, action, motivation, and deed. He is perfectly perfect. He is perfect in justice. He is perfectly just. Because of that, he can have no part of sin. God, he does not entertain sin. He does not overlook sin. He does not accept sin. He does not condone sin. And I want you to be sure he does not create 
or ordained sin, and that is the truth. In his great love, he creates us to be in relationship with him. He desires to show us his love, to love us, and to be loved by us. I want you to get that. I want you to hear that. We are created by him and for him, and our purpose is found in him. Our worth is set by him, and our joy and peace will only be realized in him. And that is the truth. However, we have a problem. And I'll just tell you, no matter what the world says today, our problem is not self-esteem. Our problem is not a poor environment. Our problem is not a limit of resources. Our problem is sin. Your problem is sin. My problem is sin. When given the choice, we turned on God. We rebelled against God. And of our own fault, listen, we have sinned. You've sinned and I've sinned. Our problem today is sin, and that is the truth. In that sin, we've earned a punishment. And that punishment is separation from our perfect, sinless God. That punishment is death. That punishment, if we die in that state, is an eternal death. The book of Revelation calls it the second Death. That punishment will be carried out in a literal place of suffering and torment, absent from grace, mercy, and love because it is absent of God. Our punishment is in hell, and that is the truth. However, there is good news. God sees us in our sin, God sees our helplessness in our sin. And God so loves us, he says it, even as sinners, that he makes a remedy for sin. Friend, and that is the truth. Here's the remedy. Seeing our lostness and knowing the cost of sin death, God sends his one and only son, his only begotten son, Jesus as the lamb to pay for sin. Jesus, fully God, able to save and willing to save, is fully man in position to save. He is born as a man, and in his life he never sins. Because he never sins, he's able to pay for our sin to redeem us from the cost of our sin. In our place, paying for our sin, enduring our punishment, dying our death, Jesus is beaten, he's mocked, he's whipped, he's nailed to the cross paying for our sin. In Jesus, listen to me, the sin of every man, in fact, the every sin of every man is paid for, listen to me, Jesus paid it all. And that is the truth. Jesus died for sin. It is paid for in Jesus. There's not another remedy to look for. It's paid for in Jesus. And three days later, demonstrating the power of God and his victory over death with the receipt of our redemption issued in his own physical body, Jesus actually, physically, literally is raised from the dead and he stands alive. Friends, praise the Lord. That is the truth. And then... And then, 
and then, motivated by love, limitless in grace, kind in mercy, God offers to any person, listen to me, any person to all sinners who would believe that they can find peace, that they can have hope, that they can be made new, that they can stand forgiven, that they will be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And friends, listen to me. That is the truth. That is the truth. That is Jesus. Listen to me this morning. There is no other truth. People have looked and people have looked. There is no other truth. There is no other remedy for sin. Try as we might, you can't work it off. You can't try and be good. There is no other remedy for sin. This is it, but listen to me. But this is it. There is truth. There is Jesus. The truth is King, let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And I'm thankful that today in a messed up, sorry, wishy-washy world, a world that promotes death and sin and darkness and heartache, in a world where we can't find the truth, it moves, it shifts. I'm thankful that you have come and that you came into this world that we would know truth, that we would find truth, that we would receive truth, and that in the truth, we would be saved. Lord, I'm thankful for the truth. Lord, I pray that today in the hearing of this, I pray that believers have become urgent about the truth, ready to stand as ambassadors for the truth. There is truth. We know it. It's in Jesus. And I pray for some that are in this room that do not know you. And they got a pretty good gig of acting like it's okay, acting like it doesn't hurt, acting like the weight and the cost of their sins find to bear. But when they go to bed at night, they know they need a Savior. They know their hope is gonna, is gonna pass away. It's fleeting, and I pray, Lord, that in the hearing of this truth, that on this day they might be saved. Open their ears, open their hearts. Move, move in their midst. Remove any hindrance. Dear Lord, for your glory. And I come, and we end this by saying, Lord Jesus I am thankful that you are the truth. And by faith, I tell you, you are my king. I praise you. I worship you. I love you. Thank you, King Jesus. Lord, we give you this time. We ask again that you move in it. That you're glorified through it. We submit it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you the, the point to this this morning is this. We have truth today. And you can act like you don't have it. You can act like you're skeptical of it. You can be like Pilate and be so consumed with the things of the day that you miss it. But we have truth today in the person of Jesus. We have salvation in the person of Jesus. If you'll turn and call out to him, turn and trust him as your savior for sin. Tired of your sin, tired of the guilt of your sin, he'll pardon you today. He'll forgive you today. No, no checklist of things to do, no church membership no baptism, no, no thing that a man might do, but faith in Jesus. By faith in Jesus, we're saved. If you've never trusted Jesus, trust him today. If you're tired of pretending, trust him today. If you're tired of the weight of your sin, trust him today. He'll save you today. If you've done that, you've made that decision, but you've never followed in believer's baptism, 
We want to give you an opportunity as we started off this morning to say, you know what, I want that testimony to stand in my life. The Bible says it's always by immersion. It's always after the point that a person is saved, not part of your salvation, not before your salvation. It's a testimony to what we believe of Christ. If you've made a decision, maybe today, maybe, maybe further back, and you say, you know what, I want that testimony to stand in my life. You come. We'll set a day, and it'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. You believe God has led you here. You come as well. Together we'll serve his mission, his purpose, upholding his word, preaching this gospel, the truth, to a lost and dying world till he comes back. If you've prayed about it, you believe God has led you here, you come as well. Maybe you want to come during this time of invitation, pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. My call to you today is this. Do not reject the truth today. Do not turn your back on the truth today. Jesus will save you today. If God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, if you need more information, as we stand to sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. You step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.